What's going on, everyone? My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. You know, I was so excited yesterday for the Lakers season opener. I, I really was. And I think more so, I was more so excited because of all the, I don't I don't want to say tragedy, that's too strong of a word, but all of the, um, all the losses recently that we've been enduring with all of our LA sports teams. If you've been an LA sports fan, especially these past <laughs> two, two to three weeks, it has been rough. It has been very, very bad. I mean, the Dodgers, obviously, the way they went out in the postseason, uh, that hurt. The Rams seeming to implode right now. Um, and, you know, the LA Kings, I, I don't even want to talk about the LA Kings, and they, they are just not playing very well. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that I, I sort of saw, and I feel like other sports fans in Los Angeles thought this way too, but I sort of saw the LA Lakers as sort of a clean slate for sports. You know, this is a fresh new season, all the heartache and all the heartbreak that we've endured these past couple of weeks. We can just put that aside, right? This is brand new. And, you know, we had our season opener and we got bullied. We got bullied at home. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, I will never say that a Clipper versus Lakers game in Staples Center will be a road game for the Lakers because that's just never going to happen. Uh, especially with all the support that the Lakers fans get. I mean, you you could even hear um, on the broadcast on television that the majority of the sports fans you know, were cheering for the, for the Lakers, which doesn't come as a surprise as, you know, I, I mentioned before that the, the Lakers are LA's number one team along with the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we could take away from this game. I think there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. It was sort of a mixed bag. And the first thing we could take away from this is you know the most obvious thing you know the most obvious thing being that Kawhi Leonard is the same player that uh, he showed us in the postseason that he showed basically he's been showing us his whole career. Kawhi Leonard putting up uh, 25 points and you know he was facilitating very well on offense and he was playing great defense, which is what we'd expect from Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard being a wonderful, probably the best right now, two-way player in the NBA. So Kawhi Leonard, he looked great. Uh, I thought that he was, his ability to drive to the basket and his explosiveness on these fast breaks was was incredible. Um, yeah, so Kawhi Leonard looked really, really good. Overall, the Clippers looked very good. Like, I think the Clippers could easily be um, one of the best teams in the, in the NBA. I think without a doubt, they're going to be the best defensive team in the NBA. And they just made everything difficult. You know, they have this like suffocating defense, which, which is something that we knew going into this game, which is something that teams should expect when they play against the Clippers. They have a very, very good, um, defense. Now they made everything really difficult. You know, all the small things that they did, you know, they made everything difficult from inbounding the ball, uh, to bringing the ball up court, everything that they did. And they're very good defensively on all the different levels in terms of, you know, Patrick Beverly to Kawhi Leonard, um, Montrez Harrell. They all looked really good. And it was very clear to me that the Lakers were not anticipating the physicality of the Clippers. The Clippers were playing, uh, they were playing really fast and then really physical. And the Lakers, they got punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth and they really didn't know how to respond after that. I thought, you know, they just, they weren't ready for it, which is really interesting though, because the Lakers have, in my opinion, a more, a, a roster that's suited better for physical play. And, you know, I think they're a bigger roster. So this all comes as a surprise to me, really. Um, something else that we should take into consideration is that, you know, the, the Clippers 
Well, I guess I'll start with this. The Lakers did not have Kyle Kuzma and the Clippers did not have Paul George. Now, I'm not at all saying that, you know, Kyle Kuzma is going to have as big of an impact as someone like Paul George would have. But these are just these are just factors that we have to consider. Right. You know, these are two players, two starter potential starters on each team that we're missing. So, you know, this is another element. This is another layer that we're going to have to add um, to our analysis of the Clippers and the Lakers down the road. I mean, we're missing two big players. Um, and, you know, these teams are going to develop a little bit later, too. So I think that both these players could have an impact. Obviously, it's more likely that Paul George would have an impact uh, than Kyle Kuzma would. But you never know. You never know. So just something to consider. I figured I'd throw that out there. Um, and then yeah, I want to repeat again, I'm not saying that Paul George would have the same amount of impact and clearly Paul George is the better player, but, um, I'm not saying that he's, he would have the same impact as Kyle Kuzma. I think it's fair to say that Paul George is a better player and would have a bigger impact, but this is just something to consider. Just throwing that out there. Um, I think one of the biggest issues with the Lakers was the shooting. They, uh, they were clearly way too inconsistent. They'd go on like a 12-0 run, and then they'd give up a 10-0 run, and it, they just really couldn't establish a consistent rhythm to their offense. It's, um, I think that once they would go a couple, they'd run a couple plays, and maybe they weren't getting any production down low. They kind of panicked, and they weren't really sure what to do, so they started, you know, trying to drive and kick, and um, they weren't really able to adapt as well as I would have liked to see them to in game. But and that which led to the inconsistent shooting and a part of that inconsistent shooting is you know some of the some of the players right LeBron and Anthony Davis went something like five for seventeen in the second half and you know luckily players like Danny Green and um, you know I mean I know Jared Dudley made a couple big shots too but you know it's we they weren't our big players weren't able able to produce in the second half which is really what killed us. Um, now the two players that we need to talk about Danny Green and Anthony Davis. So Danny Green, I mean, I don't, <laughs> they both had kind of weird nights, right? And, you know, Danny Green putting up 28 points, shooting seeming, seemingly uh, perfect from beyond the arc. And I don't think it's fair for us to expect Danny Green to put up 28 points a game. But I, in the same breath, you know, it's not fair for us to expect Anthony Davis to get that cold in the second half um, every night. So it's, it was kind of a funky game. Um, but I, but Anthony Davis though, you know, he needs to step up in the second half because these were, these were close games and we weren't able to, you know, the Lakers bread and butter this year, although our prove our, although our shooting has improved the Lakers bread and butter this year is, you know, put, you know, smashing the ball down low, you know, feeding the ball to Anthony Davis, LeBron driving to the basket. So if we can't, you know, produce that way, we're really going to struggle. And we saw that in the second half of this game. Um, also too, something to mention. So we didn't have Rajon Rondo. We barely played Quinn Cook. Alex Caruso, I think he's hurt too, so he wasn't in the game. So we use LeBron as point guard, which is supposed to be our death lineup. I, I don't know. All these death lineups kind of irritate me because every time the, <laughs> the Lakers have had death lineups the past like two years, or quote, death lineups the past two years. And it's, it's the, the only death is us because we're the only ones that are losing. We have these death lineups in. So I any every time it's a death lineup, I try not to get too excited about it. But anyways, um, so LeBron James as a point guard. Um, I thought that LeBron's inability to be a threat with his perimeter shooting limited him as a point guard. And this is similar to the issue that we had with Lonzo Ball. And I'm not comparing Lonzo Ball 
to LeBron James, anything like that. But this is a, it's a similar issue. It's a similar problem that happened last year. LeBron had a you know they were giving him so much space for three, so much space, um, really until he got to about the free throw line, and he didn't want to shoot that shot. Now what they were, what this meant is that they were able to bring their defense a little bit back in the key and make things more difficult for someone like Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard or whoever we had in the post. So if LeBron, him being scared to shoot or whatever it, it wherever it was, um, you know, it really hurt the team. And I think that he kind of got a little bit too uh, monotonous in the, the way he was playing. It, it seemed like in the second half, you knew all he was going to do is he was going to drive, try to get the defense to collapse, and he was going to kick the he was going to kick the basketball out. And you know, he forced a lot of these passes. You know, he would drive, and then he would kick the ball out, and he tried to force it to. You know, like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, KCP. Don't don't even get me started on KCP. KCP, I do not, I do not understand why we signed him for as much as we did. But anyways, so LeBron was forcing a lot of these passes. I think he forced a lot of passes uh, on the inside to Anthony Davis, and that caused a lot of turnovers too. So maybe there's a little bit of a chemistry issue between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't really know if there is one. I'm sure we'll figure that out sooner rather than later. You know, as the season progresses. But also, too, what I found interesting is that, you know, the Lakers abandoned the pick and roll fairly early, which is supposed to be our our best play, right? You run the pick and roll with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and it's supposed to be super deadly. But it just seemed like at the end, we just had everyone sort of spread out. (laughs) Anthony Davis would just, you know, be somewhere floating around in the key, and LeBron would just drive and try to kick or dish to Anthony Davis. But it got very, very predictable. It got very, very predictable um, down the stretch of the game. Now, overall, you know, I think it's a little too early to tell from this game, right? It's You never know. I mean, it's an 82-game season, so there's still 81 games left to play. Um, and there's a lot, you know, a lot can happen. A lot can happen. And so I, I'm not trying to look too much into this, but I definitely think that there's things that the Lakers, you know, can improve on. And in terms of if you're looking at this matchup, just you know, one-on-one with the Lakers and the Clippers. Like I said before, without Paul George, without Kyle Kuzma, it's really difficult to say. You know, maybe the Clippers are a much, much better team with Paul George back. I mean, I think he had uh, he's having shoulder surgery too. So I don't know how he's going to look when he's coming back. But it looks as if the, the Clippers are going to be more than capable of keeping uh, themselves afloat without Paul George. So he's he does not seem like he has to rush back from this injury. He looks like he'll be doing all right. Um, in terms of the Lakers, I think they're going to make the right adjustments. I think they're going to learn from this game. Uh, it was the first game that you know we had with with Frank Vogel, so it, it was a, it was a learning experience. But you never know; it's a long season. So, anyways, guys, thank you so so much for listening. My name is Teddy Ragsack, and this has been TED Talk Sports.